0: Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me today. Amen. As we look at 1 Samuel chapter 30. Let's all stand in honor of the reading of the word. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Amen. I, I got a text from Sister Paige this week. Said they'd be starting teen class in November 1st. Okay. So. One more week. Y'all got to deal with me. Is that okay? Amen. How many are excited about our, our teen class coming up? Amen. That's very exciting. It's very exciting. The Lord is blessing the church. Amen. And uh, if you've not seen what all we've been doing around here, we've been working hard. You notice we got more lights. Hey, Amen. There are lights in the ceiling right now. And if I better not look up that we don't necessarily, that aren't necessarily plugged in yet. But if you notice, both fluorescents are not turned on today, amen. And uh, I think this Wednesday, we're getting the rest of them, so it'll be lit up a little bit better in here. I don't, I, I like it, but I'm not crazy. It's a little too dark for me, but it's going to brighten up a little bit, amen, and I'm thankful for that. How many have seen the, the 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 children's class, amen? Amen, we're almost almost done. we got a few more additions in there, and then... In a few weeks, our teen class is going to be... I notice we have a couch, amen. That's phenomenal, amen. And uh, uh, some other things in there. So that's coming along. I'm excited about what the Lord is doing. Amen, amen. It's good to have the newlyweds back in town, amen. They were here Wednesday night, and it's good to have the newlyweds back in town, amen. Praise the Lord. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites, Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire, and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with them lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captive, Ahinoam and a Jezerite, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. Everybody say greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, this is something we have to learn to do. And David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me the ephod, and Abathar brought thither the ephod to David, and David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, this is the Lord, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. For just a little bit today, I want to preach from this topic, When the Lord does not move your mountain when he doesn't move your mountain. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for this beautiful day of celebrating in your presence, oh God. Father, I ask that your spirit would speak to us in a dynamic way today and that you would consume our hearts and our minds and our fears in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. You may be seated. Look at your neighbor and say, "Neighbor, you fit in to learn." Hallelujah! 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 Amen. A few weeks ago, I was sitting at the Cracker Barrel right around the corner, and I was there with Brother Wade. How many remember Brother Wade? Sitting there with Brother Wade and another brother and another minister friend. And we were sitting there having a wonderful breakfast. And in the middle of the wonderful breakfast, uh, what, what you would call my blood pressure began to go up. As somebody was talking about somebody else. I'm trying to be vague here. Somebody was talking about somebody else that I really, I'm okay with the man he is a minister, and he pastors a church somewhere between here and Alaska. Amen. And, and they were talking about this man, and I was doing my due diligence as a good Christian not to make a peep. Amen. And I was sitting there, and I was not saying a word. I was doing so good not saying a word And this person looked at me directly and they said, You know, Brother Herring, he is a good person. And I said, I believe that he is a good person. And I kept on whittling away at my pancake just to keep my mouth shut. Amen. And this same person came again and said, You know, Brother Herring, he would help you out if you were ever in need, and that's where it crawled all up on Pastor Herring. And I said, you know, to me, I know he is a good guy. Brother Bobby, you know, he's my bro, he's my brother, he's my next of kin. He knew it was all over Herring at that point, and he was just sitting back to watch the fireworks at this point because he knew me well enough. He had those glasses at the end of his nose, and he was going, Just how he does, you know what I'm talking about. Let me give you. Let me just do it for you. Let me let me do a little bobby. <laughs> oh my gosh, this boy got broken glasses. He was going. Well, about to hit the fan. <laughs> Picked the wrong pair of glasses. The more Ryland, you need some glasses, son. I don't even know how he sees through them things. Whew. My God. I got a headache putting them glasses on right now. Uncle Bobby, he was looking back and forth. Oh, he's about to go. And I said, you know, that's the problem. That's the problem. And this guy doesn't like controversy too much. And he, he, about, he about fell out of his chair. I said, that's the problem. If I was down, they would be there. He would be there to help me. Because it'd make him look good. But I said, bro, that's not what the Bible says. It's a two-sided coin. The Bible says to weep with those that weep, but with those that rejoice, you've got to rejoice with those. It's a two-sided coin. I said, the problem that I have With this particular preacher. Is that he would weep with me. If I was in need. But as the Lord blesses. He gets something in his crawl. And he doesn't want to see nobody else blessed. That's how we are as people. We're okay with people that are down. But when the Lord begins to bless people, we sometimes struggle with them because we see their blessing on their life. And the Bible tells us, tells me if I want to be blessed, I need to learn to rejoice with those that are rejoicing. Somebody say amen. Because if you're blessed, that means I'm blessed. Hallelujah. And if I can rejoice with your blessing, that means I'm getting a blessing from rejoicing from your blessings. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. And if somebody stumbles and falls in the middle of their blessing, guess what I need to do? I need to be there to help them and to build them and to strengthen them and to pick them back up. Somebody say amen. This is the problem that David was having in the text that we just read. This is the situation that David found himself in some four, three and a half years earlier in this text. David is anointed by the prophet, and the prophet then uh, uh, blesses David's life. David finds himself going down to the field to just look at a battle and to see a battle. Now, if you don't know, I'm expediting and and I'll let y'all know I'm not long winded today. If I say amen, got more amens there than I usually get. Hallelujah. David went down to his field to watch his brothers battle. And after that watching of battles, we know that there David then slays the giant. After he slays the giant, he gets a prize. Does anybody know what David's prize was for slaying the giant? Does anybody read the Bible ever? Does anybody know what the prize was for David beating the giant? uh Y'all pathetic. Thank you. David got to marry the king's daughter. David also didn't ever have to pay taxes again. Amen. Is there a giant anywhere that I can take a crack at? That would be nice. Somebody find me a giant so I can take him out. Uncle Sam, I took the giant out. Don't come knocking this year. Amen. He married the king's daughter, which means he got what? A room in the king's house. So David marries the king's daughter, gets a room in the king's house. And at this point, for David, his prophecy is coming to pass. At this point, the prophetic word that you're going to become the next king is starting to come to pass. But we have a hiccup when the people in town begin to see David's blessing. We have a hiccup when the people around begin to sing a little song when they see David. The people begin to sing a little song like this. It said, Saul has killed his thousands, but David the <laughs> has killed his 10,000. it Went old school on some of y'all. A beatbox. They were singing, David has killed his ten thousands, but Saul has killed his thousands. And Saul began to become what? Insanely jealous. Saul does not kick David out of the house. Saul tries to kill David. And David flees and runs from the house. Now, the only thing that caused Saul to want to kill David was a simple song that identified the blessing and the anointing on David's life, I've come today to tell this church body, anytime you are anointed of the Lord, and anytime you are blessed of the Lord, you get a target on your back. Brother Harry, I just don't know why, I say he's preaching. The devil would love nothing more than to prevent you from getting to your place of blessing. Have I not preached this before recently? The devil would love nothing more than to keep you from getting to your place of victory. Somebody say amen. I've come today to tell you that your blessing does not come from your job. Your blessing does not come from your family. Your blessing does not come from outside sources. Your blessing comes from the Lord. That's why you've got to live your life as turned to the Lord. Sure, we need to give honor where honor is due. And we need to give respect to where respect is due. But your blessing can only come from the Lord. Somebody I've come today to tell you If you're living in a season of blessing It's because God is smiling down on your life And saying I want to bless them I don't know about you today But I want to be blessed of the Lord I want my life to be blessed of the Lord And the Bible says in all your ways Acknowledge Him And He will bless your life If you're not blessed You need to do more acknowledging when you wake up in the morning you need to thank you for His goodness and His mercy that morning in the middle of the day when things aren't going good you need to thank Him a little bit church I've come today to tell you being blessed is simple hallelujah being blessed is simple it's just acknowledging Him in all my ways I acknowledge Him in my finances. I acknowledge Him with my voice. I acknowledge Him with my feet. I acknowledge Him with my hands. That's why when I come to church, you're not going to catch me just standing around because I want to acknowledge the Lord. He's been good to me. When I come to church, you're not going to catch me with my mouth zipped up. You're going to hear me singing. Why? Because I need to acknowledge Him. Somebody say Amen. Hallelujah. 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 David was blessed of the Lord. And that blessing. Ha! That blessing caused people to come after David. Can you believe David being blessed caused him to have a bullseye on his back? I believe it. How many's ever had a bullseye on your back from a blessing before? Amen. I remember when Holly and I were in. Ohio. Amen. And and, uh, the Lord began to move us into a season of blessing. I remember I had a sweet brother come up to me and said this to me. He said, well, ain't you just something? I had just bought uh, uh, a MDX. Remember that MDX? That thing was sweet. Man, that thing was sweet. Brand new MDX. And this brother came up to me. He said, well, ain't you just something? Think you're something Put up here in your fancy vehicle. I looked at him. I said, that's right. It is fancy. Ain't it? I said, come here. Let me show you. He said, I don't want to look at it. It's ungodly how much money you probably spent on that vehicle. I said, it is. I spent a lot of it. <laughs> I said, come out here. Let me show you this. I ain't going out there. I said, you know, and he was coming out, and he had already made me mad. So he's getting, to, he's getting ready to get it laid on pretty thick. I said, did you know that thing? All I got to do is hit a button and that thing. I say, take me to this place, and it's going to pop up on the screen and begin to take me there. What did that feature cost? I said, I think that feature cost four or $5,000. It wasn't near as much as the custom leather with the custom stitching on the inside. That thing's sweet. And he said, well, I sure hope you enjoy it because you keep spending money like that. You ain't going to have it very long. And I stopped that man in his tracks right there, and I said, bro, let me tell you the problem. I said, the problem is I give to the Lord, and you don't give squat. You don't know what I give. I said, I do too. I said, I'll watch you at offering. I watched you every time. At that time, we was going through a building project and we pass out these cards. I said, you don't ever take them cards up. I said, I got to suck up four cards because you ain't going to take one of them cards up. I said, but it's okay. You stop giving and I'll start giving and the Lord's going to bless me. Y'all about to laugh with what I'm getting ready to tell you. I might not have been in the Holy Ghost. I probably was in the herring at that particular point. But I began to explain to that man more perfectly about giving. I said, bro, I have never outgiven the Lord. I said, my wife and I, we have given away cars. We have given away money. We have given away everything we've had. And the Lord has done nothing but bless us. I told that man, I said, I can't outgive the Lord. I said, I don't want to try, but I have tried. And the Lord has never let me outgive him. So, roughly, probably three years ago, four years ago. This particular man was picking me and a few guys up at the airport. I can't remember if was, I can't remember if Coulter was there or not. Might have been there. You ain't going to believe what this man pulled up in. Brand new MDX. Showing me all the bells and whistles. And I said, brother, that's fine. This car is fine. That night. I was in the back office getting ready to go into church, and he was back there. He said, I need to apologize to you. He said, but I don't really want to apologize. He said, I I was upset with you and a little bit jealous of you because I saw you were blessed. And here, my wife and I were struggling. He said, but you said something to me about giving to the Lord. And my wife and I started giving to the Lord. He said, and God began to bless me, and God began to bless me, and God began to bless me after blessing. He said, now, he said, said, we're so blessed, I don't even know what to do anymore. I said, that's awesome, bro. Can I have $20? (laughs) Bless us, Lord. Bless us. He learned a lesson that day. I learned a lesson that day. Not everybody's going to respond to your blessing the way your mom and daddy do. Not everybody's going to respond to your blessings the way your close family members do. That you struggle. That are so happy for you when they see you get a little blessing. Somebody say amen. Folks, I've come today to tell you. That people will not always rejoice with you. When God is blessing you. But that doesn't mean that God is not going to continue to bless you. But say amen. David's blessed. And his blessing puts him in obscurity, his blessing puts him in a place of obscurity. And David then is running. He runs for four years, y'all. I think four or five years like a dog. Running from Saul. Getting chased down. And he then crosses the fence and goes to Philista. Can y'all believe this? Goes to the Philistines. The worst the worst adversary that Israel has is the only people that will take him in. Folks, let me just tell you this. Let me just pause And stop for a minute and tell you this. This church, I want to make it very clear. This church will not drive people into the world. This church will not, I repeat, if I find out you do it, you will be driven out. There's only one thing that will get you kicked out of this church. Well, there might be a couple things, but here's one of them. The one thing that you know that we don't have to go into a lot of this stuffs pretty. Y'all get nervous. Brother Harris talk about kicking people out. It's only one thing. If you make people feel uncomfortable. In this building. This church ain't for you. It'll get to about right here. And Brother Heron will walk over to you. And he'll say, I tell you what. If you do that again, I will meet you at the door with a can of spray paint and cotton balls. And I will mark you among the people. I will spray you down and throw cotton balls on you to where everybody will know That you don't treat people right. Because in this church, in the body of Christ, we will not drive people outside of the world. Isn't it a shame that God's people caused God's anointed to go to the world? They they found no refuge. They found no strength because they could not handle their blessing. So, well, if they're going to be blessed, we're going to drive them out. I know some of y'all think this might be pointed or this might have a direction, but it really does not have a direction. Believe it or not, these notes have been written for, for weeks on end. But when God chooses for you to be pressed out, it's not for you to be destroyed. Matter of fact, Jesus said to his disciples, if you go somewhere and they do not receive you, he said, shake the dust off and move on. Jesus said, if people can't handle your blessing, if they can't handle your anointing, if they can't handle your giftings, shake it off and move on and say, here I go. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to be blessed to the Lord. But what happens when you're like David? Huh? And you've prayed, God, move my mountain, move my mountain, move my mountain, move my mountain. God, touch Saul. God, help me with Saul. God, kill Saul. God, takes Saul out. God, change Saul's mind. God, make Saul a better person. Lord, but all the while while David is praying about Saul, praying about his mountain all the while, David's mountain is not moving. His mountain is not going anywhere. So what does David do? There's a girl by the name of Lauren Daigle. She sings a song. Many of y'all probably have heard it. Probably most of y'all can sing it. It says, letting go of every single dream. I lay each one down at your feet. Every moment of my wandering never changes what you see. I try to win this war. I confess my hands are weary. I need your rest, mighty warrior, king of the fight. No matter what I face, you'll be by my side. When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers. As I cry out to you. I will trust. I will trust. In you. But the mountains don't move. And the waters don't part. You still have to trust. With all of your heart. Ah oh, Jesus. Sister Macy come. I'm wrapping up today. Folks I've come today to tell you. That David. Had a battle of four years. Him and his men, they come back to Ziklag. The only people he got surrounding him now, the only people that he has in his corner now, when they get to Ziklag, they find out. Now you got to understand. You got to understand. David and his men took a right stance. The Philistines were getting ready to fight against the Israelites. The king, I can't remember his name. I. can't remember his name offhand. The king asked David to fight with them. And David said, I I don't know if we can fight with you. The king said, okay, you can be my bodyguard. You don't have to fight. You can be my bodyguard. But in the meanwhile, they, they send him back. They send David and his men back to Ziklag. And they go back to Ziklag. They took a right stance. They were trying to do what's right. I'm trying to do what's right. I'm trying to be right. I'm trying to live right. I'm getting chased down like a dog. I'm hiding in a place I shouldn't be hiding. I, I've I picked up some habits in, in this place where I was just trying to avoid confrontation. I, I picked up some, some attitudes. I I picked up some different things. I'm just fleeing. I just needed a little rest. I need a little peace. I need a little love. I need somebody to just love me for me. I I need somebody to just like me for me. I, I need somebody just to want me for me. I couldn't find it in the church. I couldn't find it among my family. So I'm in a place where I have a little peace. David, he comes back to Ziklag with his men. And they find their city, their camp burned. They find their wives gone. And now David is in the middle of a bad situation. All his closest of friends have turned on him. They want to stone him. Ha ha, shut David is in a bad situation now. All of his friends, his loved ones are against him. All of his confidants are against him. And he's alone in Ziklag. His mountain didn't move. His mountain just got bigger. It wasn't just Saul anymore. It was now Saul and the Amalekites that were after him. His mountain didn't move. It just got bigger. David was distressed. And he called for the priest. And he said, I need an ephod. But what you got to understand about the ephod. The ephod wasn't just... Any coat, the coat of worship, is the coat of prayer. David took the ephod on, and he said, "Today, you got to know. For the last few years, yeah, shut that door. That'd be fine. For the last few years, you got to know that David had not been praying very much." You look into history, you find that there's an absence in psalms and songs. You find that it was about a year and a half old the time that David spent in Philistia. David really kind of stopped praying in Philistia. David really kind of stopped singing in Philistia. David really kind of stopped doing what he was supposed to be doing in Philistia. David a year and a half. Now his mountain has got bigger. And he's looking at his mountain, and God's not moved it. God's not taken Saul out. He's looking at this mountain, and it just got bigger now, the Amalekites. David says, ah, I need to go back. I need to go back. I need to go back to what got me here. Ain't that something I need? I need to go back to being faithful. And the faithfulness is what got me in this dilemma, but I but I need to go back to it. David returns back, puts that ephod on. The Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord, and I need to read you a few things that David said when he was encouraging himself in the Lord you, you got to see the psalm specifically that David wrote I will love thee O Lord with my strength the Lord is my rock and my fortress My deliverer my God my strength in whom I will trust my buckler and horn of my salvation and my high power I will call upon the name of the Lord who is worthy to be praised so shall I be saved from mine enemies the sorrows of death compassed me and the floods of the ungodly men made me afraid the sorrows of hell compassed me about the snares of death prevented me in my distress I called upon the Lord and I cried unto my God he heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him even upon his ears then the earth shook and trembled, and the foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth. Oh. folks, that was the first psalm that David had wrote in a year and a half of silence, a year and a half of backsliding state, a year and a half of being cold and weary and afraid to move forward. A year and a half, David writes that psalm. He encouraged himself in the Lord. David began to encourage himself in the Lord. The Lord is my shield. The Lord is my buckler. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my high tower. What do you do when your mountain doesn't move? You begin to talk about what the Lord is to you. You begin to talk about how the Lord is on your side. You begin to talk about the Lord. Bless Got the ephod on. And he says, Lord, Lord, they've taken our wives. The Amalekites have taken our city. They've taken our children. My men are wanting to kill me. What should we do? Should we stand still? Should we move backwards? The Lord responded. He said, No, son, it's time to pursue because you will recover all. Folks, what do you do when your mountain doesn't move? You encourage yourself in the Lord and you pursue. Don't stand still anymore. Pursue. David still had some battles with Amalekites. David still had to wait another two, a year and a half to two years before Saul was taken out. David still had some mountain to climb, but it was time to pursue. What do you do when your mountain doesn't move? You encourage yourself in the Lord and you pursue What God has designed you to pursue. In this building today. There are people all over this place that God's hand is on your life. The anointing of God is on your life. The blessing of God is on your life. And the enemy has tracked you down. And the enemy has tried to destroy your happiness and your love and your zeal for the kingdom. And every time you feel like you're getting better, here comes another attack. Every time you think, I'm getting my legs under me, here comes another attack. The devil does not want you happy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. The devil doesn't want you to have joy. And the only way you can get the joy of the Lord is from the old psalmist. He said in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. And so the attack and the desire of the enemy is try to keep you out of his presence, uh, to try to keep that ephod off your back, uh, to try to keep you away. But, folks, I've come today to tell you it's time to get in the presence of the Lord. It's time to dwell presence of the Lord, because your blessing is not your last blessing and God's goodness is not his last goodness as a matter of fact his goodness are from everlasting to everlasting I've preached my heart out today to somebody to try to tell you get in the presence of the Lord today because there's going to be joy and in the joy there's going to be strength and in the strength there's going to be a desire to pursue let's all stand today I want us to do something that I like for us to do. Oftentimes, oftentimes, I like for us to do this. I want us to come to the front as a family. Everybody in the building, just so, I'll just come to the front as a family. Folks, I know what it feels like to not feel like pursuing. I know what it feels like to feel empty. I know what it feels like to feel distressed. I know what it feels like to feel alone. Oh, oh, I know what it feels like to feel like everybody is against you. But if everyone is against you and God is for you, that's all you need. And I've come today to tell every person in this room that God is for you. So today I want us to lift our hands in this building. His sister Macy's going to start singing. And I want us to just begin to just love the Lord. Just begin to worship the Lord. Come on, everybody, close your eyes. I want you to focus on Him. Come on, hallelujah. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. God, if you don't know what to pray, God, bring me into your presence today. God, bring me into your presence today. Come on. Come on, God, bring me into your presence today. God, bring me into your presence today.